Do you like all things spooky? How about chilling stories that have you reaching for the covers? In this podcast, we're going under the covers to delve into all things from chilling haunts to your worst nightmares. I'm Morgan. And I'm Emily. And this is why we don't don't sleep sleep alone. alone. Even that word sounds flummy. Your mom sounds flummy. Got him. How are you doing today, Morgan? (laughs) That was rude and beautiful. You're welcome. Just like you. Welcome back. Honestly, we should use that for every episode. (laughs) (laughs) Just us making our own theme song because we still haven't recorded our actual theme song. One day. One day we'll get our actual theme song recorded or... We'll just do a little ditty every time. Oh, <gasps> do a little ditty. <laughs> Ooh, she said. Welcome back to Do Not Sleep Alone. I'm just kidding. It's not Do Not Sleep Alone. It's, it's okay. Contractions. They don't exist here. I am proper, actually. Was that proper? I don't know. I don't know. This is Don't Sleep Alone, y'all. Welcome back. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram. Uh, Twitter. T- t- Twitter. Yeah. Sure. Titty? Uh, TikTok. <laughs> um, everything. At do not sleep alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can email us at do not sleep alone official at gmail.com. Uh, that's where you can send us uh, episode requests or questions, comments, concerns, love notes, love notes. We would love some love notes. Yeah. You know, I'm talking to you, Faith. This is going <laughs> to see if she's actually listening. I better see an email in my inbox labeled love note from Faith. And if I don't, I know you're a fake fan. <gasps> fake fan. Fake Faith fan. But Faith is going to actually possibly be on this with us so this will be a test faith is cool i love faith who is she though i love her beautiful amazing <sighs> wonderful you are beautiful <laughs> never sing away where skin bring me down speaking of bringing someone down Today we're going to talk about a story that uh, might not bring you down as much as other stories. Ooh. Uh, we kind of have a, a, I don't want to say fun, but maybe... We're changing it up. Yeah, we really are. Uh, today we're going to be talking about Griselda Blanco. So Griselda Blanco was born on February 15th in 1943 in Colombia. Columbia. It's actually Columbia, y'all. I'm just stupid. But it's just so cool. cool. Exactly. So cool. Um, actually, I don't think it's very cool. Yeah. I've never been there. The things I've heard. Lots of political stuff. Yes, exactly. Which we actually will get into at one point. So at three years old, her mother moved them both to uh, Medellin. I am so sorry if I pronounce anything wrong. I'm trying very hard. I looked up <laughs> how to pronounce these things. Um, Columbia. <laughs> I am trying my best. Uh, so after they moved, uh, their her mom found a boyfriend, and that boyfriend started to 
kind of become more important than Griselda. And at this time, whenever they moved, uh, there was a lot of systematic political violence that was known as like a civil war at the time in Colombia that they called La Violencia. See, there's that. That was a good pronunciation, I feel like. Uh, So side note, uh, La Violencia lasted between 1948 and 1958. So it was a 10-year-long civil war. And an estimated 200,000 people were killed during this time. Uh, Violence was like ridiculously rampant. So Griselda was essentially growing up in the middle of a war where violence was normalized and it was already creating an unstable environment for a child to be growing up in. So it was giving her less resources for schooling, healthcare, food, water, and it also was kind of stunting her cognitive and social growth. And on top of that, she didn't even have a good support system at home. Exactly. Like her support system at home was not good at all. So Mm -hmm. she's starting behind then and then starting during this time to where violence is normalized is really bad Mm -hmm. as well, you know? And so we see that after moving, Griselda picks up on how violence is normalized and she quickly starts to become a pickpocketer and even creates her own small gang at 11 years old. An entrepreneur. Yeah. So like she's creating this gang. She has like this whole thing going on kind of, and she's she's a kid like she starts this as soon as she moves there and she's three years old whenever she moves there so like from a kid she's doing that but as she gets older she kind of creates her own little gang going on and then when she's 11 she kidnaps a boy who belonged to this super rich family Mm -hmm. so she kidnaps him and then sends the family a ransom letter saying you owe me this amount of money otherwise bad things are going to happen to your kid and they don't believe her because she's 11 years old. Yeah. So they don't give her what she asks for and they refuse to pay the ransom. And she actually ends up shooting and killing what? their kid at 11 years old. So this marks the first murder she commits. But because of the time period and where they're at, nothing really comes from it. They're kind of busy dealing with other crap exactly and they're also an incredibly wealthy family Mm -hmm. so there's not a lot of information about who this family was but at this time you can kind of also maybe assume that they're wealthy not necessarily because of good things oh i didn't even think about that maybe also some bad things Mm -hmm. of some sort so they don't want to get other people Mm -hmm. involved exactly they have their own people that they can Mm -hmm. call on you know and she just keeps keeping up with Mm -hmm. the pickpocketing and stuff like that just scraping by really yeah and obviously pickpocketing doesn't create as much of a rush anymore Mm -hmm. she's gonna eventually want to move on to maybe something a little bit bigger So at age 19, she runs away from her home, claiming that her mother's boyfriend was sexually abusing her, which is probably likely. Mm -hmm. Um, There's also other reports that say that 
whenever she came to her mom saying, hey, like stepdad is abusing me. The mom was like, uh, no, he's not. He'd never do that. Mm-hmm. You're gone. How could you ever say something about that? Yeah. You know how sometimes whenever. Especially with the relationship that she already had with her mom, like with her mom making her boyfriend a priority rather than Griselda. Like I could kind of see it like the whole like jealous thing at play. Like you're just a jealous little girl. Like, of course, you would never do that. You're just looking for attention that kind of thing how could you speak so bad about him Mm -hmm. or something you know so she runs away and then she kind of starts to find love with another small town criminal by the name of carlos trulilo truly trulijo trulijo no true trujilo 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 that's what it is trujilo (laughs) i have it written down i just my brain doesn't you would do so much better than i would i'm trying y'all i'm doing my best and they had three children together uh dixon uber and osvaldo and all we know is basically that he was a smuggler and a forger so he'd forge documents he would help to get people across the border illegally And maybe she wanted to start a relationship with him because she thought maybe he could get her out of Colombia, out Mm -hmm. of all the mess there. Or maybe she wanted more of an inside look at another type of crime because she was out of the pickpocketing realm wanting Mm -hmm. to expand her horizon. I'm sure it's not cheap to forge documents like to like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so I'm sure he had money, which might have helped, too possibly <clears throat> but i mean i i don't know if you guessed this but the marriage didn't last very long mm. surprise, surprise. <laughs> and after having children they were divorced and her now ex-husband was mysteriously killed or died as you know some reports say and some people like to say Griselda maybe made that happen. Mm-hmm. You know, she kind of was starting to work her way up in the crimes area and just needed to get rid of that extra weight. Right. And the other thing that also points to why she maybe did that was because at the time it was illegal to get divorces in Colombia. Did not know that. Yes. So at this time, you Fun fact, y'all. were not able to divorce your husband. So how else do you not be with someone anymore? <laughs> exactly. Obviously, you just kill them, right? Or become a widow by natural causes. Natural causes. Natural causes. Mm-hmm. He died of pneumonia. Mm-hmm. That's an easy one, right? Of course. And just like so convenient in time as well exactly. like right whenever they're getting into divorce. oh now he dies oh now he dies oh so sad well good thing we were getting a divorce and she even started to have interest in someone else too yes his name was alberto bravo and he was a drug trafficker which hmm. there's a lot of money in that maybe in that <laughs> line of work so wanting to getting into the 
trafficking business or like just like getting into that world, she started small with only about $500 of cocaine, which that's a lot of cocaine. Exactly. Um, not that I've ever like you, I've Googled pictures, guys. I don't do cocaine. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> Cocaine's a little much for me. Okay. Like I'm just trying to hang out and have a cup of coffee. So she brings back her first package of cocaine to Alberto. He refines it and then he resells the cocaine for her. So this continued to grow more and more and she wanted to be on the same level and no longer working just like in the smuggling kind of like level. She wanted to be like one of the big boys. Yeah. Um, And she uh, quickly worked her way up again. Entrepreneur. She also said, "Uh, hey, babe, you want to maybe. Like what I've been trying to do with you for the past few years, but you just won't. Let me. Oh, sorry. Have my children. <laughs> <laughs> I would never. Anyway. <laughs> so this business kind of continued to grow more and more. She really, really worked her way up. And some say her operation was about like 600 men strong. Like Popping she off. had people. And after this, they kind of wanted to tap into a new realm together. And, of course, what did they do? Get hitched. They got married. I think I want to marry you for your cocaine skills. So they moved to Queens, New York um, in the early, like, 1970s, which at this time, cocaine from Colombia was not huge. So they were kind of, like, starting a new market, which is weird most of the cocaine and all that kind of stuff was coming from like Cuba and like all that kind of stuff. So it's like, people are like, how's this Colombian cocaine? How do I even know? It's like really good. So it's just, it was very tight knit circle and they worked their way in again, entrepreneur. Um, but this meant she needed to find, she and Alberto needed to find a new way to smuggle in all of this cocaine that they were selling. Also like, Columbia is real far from New York. Yeah. Like, you gotta get on a plane. Mm-hmm. I feel like, wouldn't it be better if it's coming from further away? What's good cocaine and bad cocaine, really? What is cocaine? <laughs> I should just ask my coworkers. They'd probably know. <laughs> Bang like, what is cocaine? Service industry. Cocaine is from the coca plant. From the leaves. And actually, in Peru... For a long time, they used the leaves. You could either like chew them or something like that. Mm -hmm. And it would be like a natural anesthetic. And then people started using it for drug use and, you know, things go on and people take a good thing and they make it bad. And then it gets like chocolate. Yeah. And what? (laughs) (laughs) And then it becomes illegal and, you know, but no, it is a whole nice thing. Like when I went to uh, Peru, we had... Oh my god! It was me. I touched okay. you. Okay. Oh my god! Me. That it wasn't scared a ghost. me. It was me. <laughs> I was like, "It's happening again." No, it's we got me. rid of the mirror, and it's happening again. No, it's me. <gasps> but Did you see the life flash before my eyes? <laughs> you got I was so scared. For anyone who doesn't uh, watch us, because no one can watch us, it's just us with each other. But um, 
I touched her with my foot, not thinking. And my blanket moved. And I thought <laughs> it was happening again. Because we didn't. had a ghost issue when there was a haunted mirror where we record a couple weeks ago. But it's fine. <sighs> it's over now. We're safe. Everything's fine. But I don't I, claim the negative energy. Exactly. I had a coca tea while I was in Peru. And it was phenomenal. It was super yummy. Emily, I feel like you've lived a whole entire life. <laughs> And like, we've been friends forever, but I feel like you've just like lived, like you literally lived in Africa for like months, <laughs> like, not months. <laughs> it wasn't months, but no, I feel like I do talk about my life sometimes where I'm like, yeah. And then this one time I was in Peru or like, yeah, this one time I was in Italy and then we snuck out to the beach. <laughs> I literally told David, I was like, yeah, like Emily's been to Africa and he's like, no way. And I was like dude ask her about it it's very interesting she had to get a lot of shots <laughs> she came back very sick she had lots of allergies she was wasn't fine. used to it i was fine yeah you just had like a stuffy nose for a while yeah it was all it's the like dust. you weren't even sick but like you just had a stuffy nose i had a stuffy nose for like three months yeah it was just all the dust that i was inhaling every day while i was there yeah but i was like david yo she's like actually been to africa and he's like no she hasn't and i was like i wish i was kidding with you like, just ask Emily about Africa. <laughs> yeah, I've been to four different continents. That's I feel that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like you just lived this whole other life. And I'm just like, I don't talk about my personal life. I just like will randomly throw in spigots and then move on. And yeah. like, if someone asks a question, I just walk How away. How was your trip, Emily? It was fun. Bye. <laughs> Here's two pictures. I was just living in the moment. I'm like, and I respect that. But also... What did you learn? What did you tell us the secrets of the outside world? <laughs> like, no, they're for me. me only. My knowledge only. <laughs> Anyways, we'll get back on track here. Uh, Griselda basically said that she she wasn't stressed because she's like, I don't know, been growing up in crime her whole entire life. So she was just like, I know how to smuggle. Alberto, I got this. So what does she do? And honestly, genius. Yeah. Like, I remember reading through this and being like. Homegirl was smart. She knew what she was doing. That's so smart. So basically, she created a high-end lingerie shop where she would have her workers sew in tiny secret compartments into every square inch of the lingerie in these tiny little secret pockets where if you were just looking at a woman wearing lingerie you wouldn't suspect the thing. Like, you know what I'm saying? And then she would just stuff them with cocaine. And that's how all these women were trafficking all of these pounds and pounds and pounds of cocaine to New York. Which was super smart because at the time, women weren't really suspected to be yeah. a part of these like huge drug, drug trafficking rings. Yeah. And it's just like... It's, insane just insane and it's fancy lingerie so you're not gonna you're gonna like, be distracted by the fancy lingerie or at least i would be distracted by the fancy lingerie i mean and it's the 70s like at this point what type of security is there in airlines true like airports like what are you doing dude i've security? through 9-11 exactly. that literally changed airports that's what i'm saying like what type of security is going on in the 70s mm -hmm. to where they're like Oh my God. 
we suspect you of something let us pat you down real fast yeah like but even if they did pat her down they wouldn't not be able to anything. tell so there was only one incident where someone had originally been tasked with transporting some of the cocaine but she ended up abandoning her corset in the airport bathroom and when police recovered it there was almost seven pounds seven yes you heard me correctly yeah. pounds yes so of that, cocaine in that corset that's the only report of someone like abandoning just abandoning shit because it never happened because like seven pounds is a lot of money and i'm sure they were getting paid good money too to do it i think they estimated that those seven pounds were like 115 or eighty thousand dollars, like just in those seven pounds of cocaine like in today's money because it, it like that much i always see like tv shows they like they only have like a little bit of cocaine on them most of the time yeah seven pounds i'm thinking like seven pounds of sugar like i'm just like floored like a bag like like a bag of flour or like a bag of sugar yeah that's cray cray y'all that's cray cray but later on they ended up catching someone an, another woman with four and a half pounds of cocaine in her underwear underwear how that how uncomfortable girl that's know? heavy also like what if you have Where? to fart but like you're just farting it's on really cocaine. unsanitary <laughs> like ew now that i'm thinking about that what are you like i just want to know the schematics of this lingerie because it sounds incredibly uncomfortable and what what about sweat and i mean i get that it's like packaged yeah i'd be nervous stuff, but i'd like, be sweating but like <laughs> i don't know i feel like when i fart it just stays right men are just snorting my fart cocaine <laughs> that on a t-shirt men are snorting my fart cocaine (laughs) i'm gonna give fart cocaine to my (laughs) ex-boyfriend he wants some cocaine farted in it (laughs) now it has my fart particles in it how do you like that it's been in the same air as my fart (laughs) got him now that i said fart so much it sounds not like a word so cops kind of caught on to the couple and they were indicted on federal drug conspiracy charges as well as 30 other people in their operation. So they fled back to Colombia and ended up splitting up, surprise, in April of 1975. Then they had an altercation in Bogota. Bogota. There we go. I got you. That's I wanted okay. to say Bottega. Yeah. Why? I don't know. Because it's a fun word, maybe? I guess. <laughs> But no, it's the Bogota. Bogota nightclub parking lot, which resulted in a shootout between the two and the end of Alberto's life. Hmm. It's crazy how I don't actually know if divorce was legal at this point because it's 1975. Yeah, so it's not paperwork to just kill your husband. You don't have to worry about it, I guess. Like a shootout in a parking lot, y'all. Let's be civilized. Let's go to couples therapy. Let's figure this out, okay? And they didn't even have children together, so... Yeah. He just was the into the drug world. He was just her accomplice, basically. She was also injured in the shootout, but then recovered and set out for her own business in Miami, where she dominated the cocaine trafficking world. Like, she swooped in there and said, I'm a boss, babe popping off if no man can help me do this because they all suck i'm gonna do it on my own 
right? Exactly. But then she found her third husband. <laughs> Daria, can you say the last name? Sepulveda. Sepulveda? <laughs> I think that was an Irish accent. She said, Sepulveda. <laughs> Look here. Okay, I'm trying my best too. They ended up having a child together named Michael, who was named after the movie The Godfather. Which Griselda loved The Godfather for some reason. Maybe she saw herself in the characters of the movie because it's all about the mafia mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. I've never seen The Godfather personally. You should. I know that I should. Uh, I know that I should watch a lot of movies. I just would rather watch the same movies I've seen over and over so I know what to expect. It's definitely a serious watch. So yes. don't go into it expecting to be like, wow, I feel changed after that movie. Right. It's just kind of like very serious lots of action yeah and but that's like the whole reason why she named her kid though was off this movie series Mm -hmm. which a lot of people do but specifically that one was a little interesting but miami was her world and she moved more cocaine here than anyone could ever imagine it's ridiculous how much cocaine she was moving here she's a girl boss yeah she was just doing it i mean definitely i would not look up to her because she's killed a lot of people but uh people estimate that she had killed around like 250 to more than that Jeez louise like she i mean she was moving. she herself or did she like send her little like minions off to kill people probably a little bit of both it's it's a little bit of both it's I would say probably more of the hitman mm-hmm. more than it is of her, but she definitely, obviously we already know for a fact she killed that little boy when she was 11 mm-hmm. years old. So I wouldn't you know. put it past her. Exactly. But at this point she was moving around 3,400 pounds of cocaine a month. That's 3,400 bags of sugar. Like a month. And how do you, how do you I, store I don't that? How do you move it? How do you... I don't know. Where do you get it? <laughs> I don't. Where do you get it? I don't know. Where do you get that much? What is cocaine? I don't know. I don't, under, I don't understand. None of it makes sense to me. And she would order homicides on anyone who crossed her. If she just got the whiff of this person is not doing what they're supposed to be doing. Hitman. Done. Kill. You are done. She also was known as the creator of a motorcycle hit and run where basically the whole thing was someone would be driving the motorcycle and she would be on the back and they would just like a drive by kind of situation. Yeah. Because you can zoom, zoom, zoom on a motorcycle and get out of there fast. So she would just someone and that was it. She definitely like there was eventually a, hitman that testified against her mm-hmm. and he said which bold bold move bold move to yeah i was testify say like the fact this. that he even like i don't know what they did she must have been bad like if he was ready to speak up like and, it must have been bad well she was gonna pay him fifty thousand to kill someone like as a hitman fifty thousand dollars that's it just to kill someone. And I might be possibly spending my life in prison? Yeah. 
I know. 50000 Not. Yeah. It's not worth it, no, y'all. It's not. But anyway, she's running this huge drug operation. She's running other things that are going on. And at some point, she gets introduced or meets this guy, Pablo Escobar. I know that name. Oh, you do? I do know that name. It's crazy. It's like we're telling the same story. It's like we're talking about history. <laughs> crazy. Well, Pablo Escobar kind of hits it off with her. She really mm-hmm. likes him. So she's like, you know what? I'm going to take this guy in. I'm going to kind of teach him the way. He's going to be kind of an important guy for me. Mm-hmm. Two bad seeds. What could go wrong? Right. And he had experience at the time with carjacking, being a hitman, and, like, other crimes. So being a criminal was not new new to him. He kind of was just like, I want to get with her because I know she brings in the big money and I want to bring in the big money. Not afraid of doing some crime. And they worked fine together for a while. Things were going good. And then something changed. And there was kind of like an all-out gang war between each other. A lot of people think that this had to deal with her wanting to keep a monopoly on the like cocaine trafficking in Miami. As soon as someone would try to compete with her or step up, she'd be like, shut it down. You're not getting in here. This is yeah. my realm. Like, we're not doing this. And she would immediately put out a hitman for their deaths. I mean, she had so much money coming to her. She could mm-hmm. do whatever she wanted. Nothing mattered. She could do whatever she wanted. That's... She Lazy. had so many people wrapped around her finger. Like her operation is like 600 people mm-hmm. or more. You know what I mean? She has so much money coming in. So many people working for her. She can do whatever she wants. She definitely it. ruled by fear. Exactly. And because people also knew the second you try to cross her, she's going to kill you. So you step in line. Like there were a lot of people that throughout this obviously got arrested, got you know, all this kind of stuff. No one would ever speak out against her because they were too scared. Because she had people. I mean, I wouldn't. Everywhere. The hell? She's paying $50,000 to people to just off someone? And she's probably paying off certain cops and government. Like, there's oh, probably yeah. a lot of people she's paying off. She probably has connections within jails and stuff mm-hmm. to where if you testify and go to jail or something, like, she has connections to where, like, She'll get you in there, too. Like, you're you know going I mean? down. And sadly, with all of this stuff going on in the whole kind of gang wars that are happening, she still had way at the beginning. We don't really talk about them a whole lot because they don't come up a lot. But she had three kids with her mm-hmm. first husband. Dixon, Uber, and... Uh, uh, Oswald. Yeah. Osvaldo. And she also, at this point... Has a husband, too. Mm-hmm. This She's is her Darryl. third husband. Yeah. They all, at some point throughout all of this, end up passing away because she has them all working in her operation. All three of her kids and her husband are all working for her. Yeah, they all get, like, shot and killed in drive-bys. Like, yeah. separate ones, but, like... It happens. Except for Michael. Except for Michael. Michael's actually the only one who makes it out. And so out of fear for life, she moves out to California in 1984 and she's like, I'm just going to hide out. I'm going to continue my operation very quietly. I'm not going to leave. Like it's going to be fine. But then a year later in 1985, she was arrested on drug charges by the DEA and held 
with full bail and then was sent to prison. And while she was in prison, she tried to escape but never got out. So she was only arrested on drug charges. Only drug charges. That's it. Obviously, like, insane drug charges. Yeah. But only drug charges. Nothing else. And, like, something that blows my mind is that (laughs) while she was in jail, Michael continuously was visiting her. And she was still running her cocaine business through him. What? While she's in jail, she's still running it through him. I guess that's why you keep family in the business, I guess. Jeez, Louise, girl, just give it a rest. I don't know. Take some PTO, like... I know. And at one point in prison, it was... They were so close. She was actually almost convicted of three separate murders, finally, because she still hasn't been convicted of any murders at this point. Just drug charges. Which I feel like if everyone's keeping their mouth shut, then it'd be really hard to get, you know, someone to talk. But... That's the problem as soon as they're, they got this word, their key witness and other secretaries at the district attorney's office were involved in a sex scandal and everything kind of just put a cloud on all that and nothing came from it. And so she just spent her time in jail for her drug charges and that was it. Mm-hmm. And in 2004... She was finally released and got deported back to Medellin, uh, Colombia, and hid out of fear of cartels assassinating her. So she kind of just... Rightfully so. Laid low and was like, I know what happened. I know what I did. And I know that everyone's going to be out to get me. I've fled from here a couple times now. I know it's not it. Let me just chill. And then on the night of September 3rd, 2012, she was fatally shot in the head and shoulder by a motorcyclist, which... And isn't it ironic? Killed her. Yeah. Isn't it ironic? Don't mm-hmm. you think? Ironic. Yeah. So that she got killed in the same way that she invented. Yeah. <sighs> Blows my mind. Like, all in all, she was estimated to have killed over 250 people, smuggled around three tons annually, three tons three elephants annually of cocaine and generate somewhere around 80 million dollars a month a month over the span of her operation during the peak this is in the 70s and 80s Mm -hmm. 80 million dollars 80 million dollars like what do you do with that much money wild we should ask jeff bezos Jeffrey Bezos. (laughs) But yeah, she is known as uh, one of the biggest drug operations in American history. She's just a girl boss. She just got in the wrong. (laughs) She's in the the long in the wrong line of work. She's yeah, she definitely was a boss, Um, but she's not like a like a boss, like how you and I are bosses. You know Uh what I mean? She's terrible. Uh We're we're boss babes. We're boss babes. She's a girl boss. So, that is uh, Griselda Blanco. Yeah. At least it wasn't like, I mean, people still died. Don't get me wrong. A lot of people died. A lot of people died. But at least 
you don't got to lock your door. I mean, still, please lock your doors. But like, I'm not going to go to bed paranoid tonight. No, that that's what I was saying. This one is a little bit more. This one was good. Thank you. Lighthearted. Thank you so much for that. In a way of like. Because lately we've been going to bed stressed. I've been going to bed stressed. Sketch. Looking over my shoulder. Yep. But no. So if someone asks you, hey, you want to wear this cute little lingerie set for me through the airport? I'll meet you on the other side. Say no. Don't do it. Don't do it. And don't Don't sleep sleep alone. alone.